Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Thunder Chats, here with another word from our sponsors, BetOnline.ag. The only people that get off this time of year are pro athletes and us at BetOnline. With NFL, bowl season, and NBA in full swing over the holidays, BetOnline isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and info. BetOnline has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that's capital letters BLEAV, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Huntzinger at Thunder Chats. We are part of the <laughs> B-Wave Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Guys, the Thunder played a basketball game tonight against the number one team in the NBA, the number one team in the Western Conference, the number one defense in the league, a team that has given OKC matchup problems and nightmares defensively. But no more. The Thunder walk away victorious against Minnesota Timberwolves, 129-106. We're going to talk about that and a lot more, but first, let me get to my co-host. First, you heard him coughing in the intro. He is the man, the myth, the legend, the underscone. He was having a rave before we started recording, and he is ready to talk his stuff. Here he is, the man, the myth, the legend, Cone. What up, Cone? I'm good, man. Yeah, I just got, if y'all can see it visually, I got this new Thunderlight, which is dope. Uh, Shout out to BR for hooking me up with that one, but yeah, yeah. Got a remote to like, you know, I got kind of like these LED lights also up here for some lighting type stuff. And I've got the remote and LED lights just love to like have the remote go with two different things. So I hit the button to turn down the light on this because it was shining way too light in the webcam. And so these other two lights above me started flashing like crazy. I took about 10 minutes pre-pod, which is why we're behind, to find the remote to stop the flashing. So I could actually do this without, you know, feeling like I was being abducted or something like that. So it's... It's been a bit of a struggle to get here to the podcast, but you know, a win over the Timberwolves makes everything feel better. Thunder looking great. Uh, 19 and nine now, I believe, with a game against the Knicks tomorrow. We're feeling good. You know, like Dylan said, the intro team that's given us some problems recently didn't matter in this one, just destroyed them like absolute blowout by the time the fourth quarter wrapped. Teams, both of them put in their bench guys, I think, with like four minutes left or something like that. Didn't even have to play the last few minutes of this game. So, shout out to the guys. Shout out to the guys, indeed. Uh, and it's not just me and Cone on this one. We have a surprise appearance. I was planning for just being me and Cone, but as he does, he just pops up, and he just wants to come on here and spread his hype. It is the one, the only. Matty Moles. What up, Moles? Not a whole lot, man. Uh, just got a bunch of schoolwork done because I'm a 38-year-old junior in college. What, what? Um, knocking it out, getting ready for the event here in a couple weeks. But had to take a couple of hours and watch the game and watch Shea cook and watch Chet cook and watch Santa get deep in his bag. Uh, just going to work. I believe in Santa. And it, it was just, it was incredible to watch this squad. I'm, I'm very excited about what 
uh, Thunder basketball in this next era is going to look like. And I'm really excited to see if there might be a melding of the old and the new at some point. So really, really excited to talk this pod with y'all. Let's get this thing going. That's what we call in the industry a tease there, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it with our single large item for the game. Uh, Moles is regularly on here, so I'm going to let him have the honors of the first single large item. Matty Moles, what is something you want to highlight in this game? Well, one thing, uh, Mike Conley never misses. I guess like that's got to be a rule. The dude always hits a three. Um, but the big, the big, the single large item I'll take, and there, there are several that you could have taken. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna take Santa. I'm gonna take your guy. I'm, I'm gonna take Jay. Wait, 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 wait. You're gonna take Santa's coming to Santa. Santa! Oh my God! Santa here? I know him. Santa Claus is coming. Oh yeah, we have a good time with that one, especially last podcast, <laughs> right, Cone? Yeah, it's nice when we don't have a, a hater on here <laughs> to mess up our fun. So, oh god, I love it. I've been I've been Team Santa since you know a one since day one. Um, and if you lose a follower, like oh well, right? Like yeah, it's the Santa <laughs> army is deep here, enough. We 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 just live in our life. Um, the dude just has so much confidence. Uh, he steps into the threes, plus 12 tonight, 21 points, three assists, only one rebound, but four of six from three, and they were timely. They were at a, at a point in the game where it seemed like the way that this game was going, we would make a little run, and then the Wolves would make their little run and like chip away at it. We would hit a big shot. They would hit a big shot. There were like six straight threes hit in this game on both sides. But when we really blew this thing open was when Dub came in and just like, just hit haymaker after haymaker. And it didn't matter if Gobert was on him. It didn't matter what the situation was. Uh, Dub was going to get to his spot. He was going to rise up and hit the shot. I, I just think that I, He's an absolute star. There, there are smart guys like JJ Redick that are already on that bandwagon. But if you don't know, now you know. Yeah, um, something that was interesting about Jalen Williams, you point out those uh, that four of four of six from three. He hasn't really been a guy that's kind of been a volume shooter this year. You know, last year he kind of, I think he averaged what like well, I have the stats in front of me. Let me see here. Last year was he it? averaged. Uh, 2.7 from three. He's averaging 2.9, so it's actually a step up. But it doesn't just—it doesn't feel like that. There's a lot of games he either doesn't take one, or he's 0 of one, or you know he just takes one. Um, in his last five games, he's starting to tick it up. Uh, four, one, three, three, and five tonight. Oh, no, 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 five on the the other one. So his last six games, so he's had four, one, three, three, five, and five, uh, six. So yeah, he's ticking that up a little bit. So. I like to see a little bit more volume out of his shooting. I think his shot looks pretty. Like, it's looked pretty since we drafted him. Um, you know, it's uh, it's got a quick release. He can get to it no matter who's guarding him because, you know, he's – you know, I mean, he's listed six foot six, but, I mean, he looks like he's six foot eight. I mean, he's got the seven-foot wingspan, seven-two wingspan, so, like, he can get a shot over anybody. So uh, And he's on steroids, him, apparently. So. Yeah. Yeah, getting drug tested. Um, but, no, when that shot's falling combined with – 
you know, the Shea elements of his game. It, it was funny at the beginning of the game, Shea opened it with like an elbow, like mid-range pull-up, and it just like went right in. The very next possession down the court, Jalen Williams came up, pulled up in the exact same spot, went right in. It was like like you could tell Jalen Williams uh, models the game after Shea a lot. But, yeah, I mean, his his three was falling tonight, and when that is happening, he he's going to be unstoppable. Like if this was a close game, he probably could have had 30 points. So Yeah, when we have, like you said, Dub hitting that shot combined with the and, – and really him becoming that type of volume shooter is – the next big progression for him reaching that stardom. We can see what he can do when he gets downhill, the way he finishes his mid-range jumper, that one-handed push shot he likes going either way. He's unbelievable. If that three-point shot continues to fall at a high volume, there's really nothing you can do to guard Jade up. He's just unstoppable at that point. You combine that with the way he uses that wingspan, the physicality to defend. Dub does a little bit of everything. He one day might end up being one of the most well-rounded players in the entire league, the way that he continues to rise. And that's a big thing with our big three. You talk about Shea, Dub, Chet. Those guys are all some of the most well-rounded or project as some of the most well-rounded players that you can ask for on a team. They can all handle the ball, shoot, pass, dribble, defend, whatever you need them to do in a basketball court. They can do exactly that. And it's just... It's unbelievable that we got Chet, you know, the number two overall pick in the same draft as Dub. It's ridiculous. You very rarely ever find an all-star in a draft. It's even rarer that you find two in the draft because I'm firmly of the opinion that Dub will be an all-star. He won't be one this season, may not be next season, but given a couple of years, Dub will be an all-star 100%. Even if he's not making teams, he's going to have that type of impact. Just consistently, every time Shea's off the court, Dub steps up into that role. You know, he's not shay but the things that he does whether it's getting downhill putting pressure on the rim kicking out the shooters defending he does shay type stuff which is huge for us to get, have a player who can kind of replicate some of that in the absence of shay in those minutes because he's got to sit at some point so to get a player that can kind of replicate some of that with dub out there is it's a huge luxury to have for a team that is you know still young and growing wait till we see what he can do in a couple of years yeah man he was he was insane tonight, and you know, like as we get into the tougher part of our schedule, as we start to play back to backs, and we have to start leaning on our younger players, you know, because I don't think Shea's going to sit on the second half of back to backs, but you know, there might be a rest day here or there, you know, as we get towards the end of the season. Like, we're going to be relying even more on guys like Jalen Williams to uh, have those on ball reps, and you know, we know what he could do with the ball in his hands, um, mm. but. It's nice to see him start to catch a rhythm, you know, almost like he had a big burden lifted off of him uh, the day before, um, you know, something he didn't have to worry about for another 365 days. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But uh, shout out Santa put on tonight and uh, can't wait to see what you do tomorrow. I guess the next. Um, let's go to Cone. Cone, we'll go to you next, man. What is your single large item for tonight? Mine's the big guy, Chet Holmgren. Oh, Last man. game against Minnesota, Chet really struggled. Might have been his worst game of the season. He was really hesitant out there, looked afraid to take shots at some points. Gobert got the best of him for sure. And Chet had some big moments like he always does. He had some big defensive plays. It's just offensively, it was probably his worst game of the season, which makes sense when you're facing, in my opinion, the current defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert, who's one of the best rib protectors we've ever seen. And like this next game, at the beginning of the game, Chet looked a little bit, not shaky, but he still looked a little bit timid at times, like wasn't as aggressive. 
You give it a couple of minutes. Uh, Chet is taking Gobert off the dribble, has that one thing where he bumps into him. Gobert kind of falls backwards, pulls up, shoot. Looks Shea-esque, kind of. You have him taking him off the dribble. You know, that give and go that he had with Josh at one point. Chet was aggressive. He stopped being afraid of Rudy Gobert. It's like a, something just clicked in his head in that second quarter, I think it was. And he was like, I can take this guy. Like, I'm quicker than him. I can get past him and get to the rim. And he made them pay constantly for leaving him open because they were playing drop to try and stop Shea or Dub getting downhill. They just kicked it to Chet, and Chet knocked down like three straight threes in a stretch mm -hmm. where he's been really cold from three recently. And they started to pack the paint. They're like, okay, we're going to make you beat us from three. Chet's like, okay, bet. I'll just beat you from three and hit three of six. I'll just do that real quick. He's incredibly talented. And to do this, to make these type of adjustments, it shows a lot about him as a player, his ability to recognize mid-game and between last matchup and now, he saw what didn't work. It's like, okay, I need to be more aggressive. I need to do this. I need to do that. You know, same goes for the coaching staff and the team because they were ready to play in this one. After losing to the Timberwolves, it was a close game. They got the better of us. And then this one, we battled back and blew him out. And a lot of that was Chet between the defense, the aggressiveness on offense, five dimes. His playmaking feels like it's been leveling up too as the season goes on. Chet was incredible tonight. I can't say enough positive things about the way that he played. Again, going up against one of the best defenders of this generation in Rudy Gobert, Chet wasn't afraid. Like he was the only big we needed out there tonight. This is a team that a lot of people thought, you know, or I guess we have kind of struggled with them, but we went smaller in this game. We didn't play Jay Will a single minute tonight. Like he did not show up. Chet was the only big that we played. We had Kenny Hustle down there, you know, as the five at sometimes. Uh, I don't think we went to anybody else as the five besides those two guys. If I remember correctly, I don't think anyone else played the five, but we went small and, you know, it worked because Chet's mobile. He was able to get by. We did a great job playing defense with Carl Anthony Towns, which is, you know, outside the whole Chet single large item, but more so a team thing. I was just really impressed with the way they battled down low against that superior size advantage the Timberwolves had. We said, okay, we're going to go small. We're going to trust Chet to go ahead and lock this thing down when he's in. Kenny Hustle, you got the other minutes, make things happen. And they did exactly that. So really impressed with this team. I love the way that the Thunder were like, and we're just going to double down on what we do. In fact, we're going to go even smaller. And it worked to our, you know, our favor in terms of a blowout. So huge credit to Chet for making that adjustment between last game and now. And I'm excited to see how he continues to play against some of these league's best bigs. I love these games. Like when we played the Nuggets Bowl times in the first game, Chet kind of did it too. The first game, he got destroyed by Jokic. In the second game, he looked a lot better on both ends of the ball, it felt like. He looked a lot more ready. The first game against Gobert, he struggled. This game, it's like, okay, I learned. Like, you know, we played Embiid once so far. The second game against Embiid, I can't wait to see what he does. Because first game, he was already fantastic. We see what he does. Second game, these are huge tests for Chet. And every time, you know, the first time, it's like, oh, okay, this is what I need to do. And the second time, he passes with flying colors. Yeah, I mean, he was... It was phenomenal, man. I mean, like, you know, you mentioned the first game that we played against the Timberwolves, how he he struggled against Gobert. He kind of looked uncomfortable against Gobert on the offensive end specifically. And I think that was even bleeding into the first quarter of this game. Like, you know, mm -hmm. he had a couple of buckets there, but they were, you know, they weren't like one-on-one -on, -one, um, on Gobert. They were off of movement. They were off of, you know, cuts to the rim and, you know, uh, Giddy and other guys finding him um, in, you know, in his uh, direction to the rim. But there was something that clicked in the sec <clears throat> in the second quarter, not just with Chet. <clears throat> Choking up talking about it, it made me so made me so excited. He's, so, he's getting emotional about Chet, y'all. He's <laughs> crying on the podcast. If you can, if you're Jesus listening Christ. audio, yeah, no, it, it wasn't just Chet. It was uh, Shay. It was Dub, and it was Dort. Honestly, it, something happened in the second quarter, and there was like, I'm not scared of this guy anymore. It's like it's 
topical. It's like the scene in Home Alone whenever he finally like he's like it's just a firm furnace. Like you know that's the only thing. And he goes down the basement. He's like, hey, oh no 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 no, sorry, that's a different part. It's when he goes out in, in the in the street at night and he's like, hey, I'm not afraid anymore. Do you hear me? I'm not afraid anymore. That's what it was like. Chet Holmgren, Lou Dort, Shagos Alexander, Jalen Williams, like they were driving at Rudy Gobert, attacking him, being aggressive the rest of the night, and pretty much rendered him useless. Like, I mean, he was out there, but he had zero blocks. Um, he only ended the game with, I mean, he had 16 points, but only had six rebounds, which was, oh no, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong part. He only had 10 points, but he only had five rebounds as well. So he struggled in this game. His impact was not felt at all. And a lot of that started with Chet. I think that Chet kind of set the tone. You know, obviously, Shay's going to do his thing. But, like, when the guys saw Chet go in here, rise to the occasion, step up to the challenge, and really challenge Rudy Gobert, it invigorated them to do the same. So, yeah, I mean, Chet, Chet was awesome in counting stats, impact-wise, everything. Uh, you know, somebody might say that. Hey, now, that's an all no way. I mean, hey, that's, that's all I'm saying. Somebody might say that. Some might, some might say that, Dylan. Some may say it. Uh, I do want to bring something up. The 129 points we scored this game is the second most points anybody has scored against Minnesota this season, only behind the Phoenix Suns, who put up 133 in a game that they won back in November 15th. So second highest point total out of anybody against this number one defense this entire season. So shout out to these guys. Got to love that. Mosey, you have about Chet? Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, so... I initially, I said, uh, Chet doesn't look right. And then what did you say in the chat after I said I was dumb after he hit like his second three in a row? I said something dumb as well. I said he looks left and nothing was there. Now he's looking right. Exactly. And he was the rest of the game. Um, I mean, it really is like home alone when he goes into the basement and he sees it and he's like, shut up. And then the thing <laughs> shuts off. The furnace shuts off. Like the whole team did that. Um, I was listening to the Timberwolves broadcast a little bit. They were talking about how locked in our shell was our one, two, two uh, with some man concepts in there. But I, I thought that the team defense was really good, even though at times it was hard to get a rebound, the help on the other side with all that size that they had, they had a body on them at all times. And sometimes like when uh, Gobert throws Isaiah Joe down, trying to get into position, it, it went against them. And I, I think that Chet had a lot to do with that just by them knowing his length is there. Um, mm -hmm. Chet was super active, and he actually got an Ant's grill a lot uh, down on the block. Um, Ant really saw hands in feet and elbows and everything all game long. Like he saw a crowd, just everything. We threw everything at everyone. Um, the number one defense in basketball could have taken notes with how we played tonight as a team. And Chet really was the anchor to that. I loved how aggressive he was in the second half. He, he early on had like a step and a half on somebody. He caught the ball in rhythm behind the three point line and just kind of like did a quasi pump fake and then like a one or two dribble and then pass the ball off type of thing. I'm like, you're not really getting engaged here. And he had that one play where he took him off the dribble, got to his spot, rose up and hit the shot in Gobert's face. 
and it like unlocked him. He's like, all right, bet I'm in, I'm in it to win it now. And he was just rising up with confidence. If Chet's playing like that, there's not a team in basketball. We can't beat. Yeah. And like you were saying about the defense, like we, so many guys on this team deserve a shout tonight. Lou Dort, Dylan, I don't know if you were going to take it as your single large item or anything like that, but it was not. Okay. Lou Dort, big game, Lou Dort. We have a, if we have a big game, Lou Dort is showing up. He was knocking down threes tonight, five of six from deep, seven of nine from the field. The defense was fantastic on Ant and anybody who was in front of him. The big thing was we really kept Carl Anthony Towns out of this game for the most part. Only took 10 shots, had 16 points. We did pretty much everything to prevent him from being a force. He's been great this season. I don't know if y'all realize this. He's shooting 50, 40, 90 about. Like he's like, I think 1% under 90% from the free throw line. Last time I checked, he's been a basically 50, 40, 90 player this season, putting up over 20 points per game. And he only put up 16 on five of 10 shooting tonight. Like it wasn't a bad game necessarily, but we also gave him five turnovers. We were swarming him, you know, setting one, two different guys at him. There were a lot of times where just Dub and Kenrich and like all these guys are holding their own against him. He would bring the ball down and we were stripping it away. We were throwing bodies at these big guys. And that's what's so good about this Thunder team is even when we don't have the size, we've got so many defenders that we can just throw at you. And it's so annoying to face off against. There were moments in this game where I was getting flashbacks to the Houston series back in 2020 when they were running the full small ball that season. They went to PJ Tucker at the five and Steven Adams would get the ball down low and he was getting swarmed and turning it over. And he couldn't really produce anything with that. I saw some flashes of that tonight where Cat and Gobert get the ball down low and we're swarming them. Like they got some buckets here and there, but they weren't able to destroy us like you might imagine for one of the biggest teams in the league. In fact, I would say they are the biggest team in the league. They run two centers out there. They've got Nas Reed off the bench. Jay McDaniels Mm -hmm. is a near seven footer at the three spot. This is a massive team. And if we're talking about tests of how we can beat teams that have size, this is a great example of how we can do it. This gave us a blueprint. And obviously, next time we play the Timberwolves, they're going to have an answer for this that we're going to have to battle back against. But this is an example of why, yeah, sure, we probably do need to add some more size. But it's not like we're just dead in the water because we don't have size. Like people talk about, oh, we've got to go out there and get this bruising big that we bring off the bench, like just a kind of like a traditional big type guy. We don't really need that. If anything, I feel like we just need more guys who can play like this physical forward spot, like with a little bit of size that help us bulk up a little bit in the back end. Like we don't need a Clint Capella or something like that down low. Chet's able to hold his own. We've got guys who have ridiculous hands, have length for their size. It's just a really good team. This was one of the best defensive efforts I feel like I've seen from us all season. It was really, really impressive some of the stuff we did in this game. I guess a Timberwolves team that isn't great offensively, but they've got some great offensive talents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, shout out Steve Dolan. Um, he tweeted out that uh, Shea, Kaysen Wallace, Lou Dort, Isaiah Joe, and Kenrich Williams was the lineup that really, like, blew it open in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And – it was a lineup that we played while they still had Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert out there. So, uh, you know, uh, Coach Diggs zigging when, when everybody else is zagging. So, shout out Diggs. I like it. All right, man, let's get into mushing large item. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about this. My guy Shea came to play it in this one, man. My, my guy came in there like, you know, I, I think he knew that he's been struggling here recently, you know, efficiency-wise. I think he knew that, you know, um, this is a team that's had our number recently. And I think, you know, just like in the stretch of the season, like it's it's kind of important to get a win here. So uh, he came in there, put on for the team, 34 points, six rebounds, nine assists, two steals, one block, 
Shot 14 and 19 from the field. The efficiency is back, gentlemen. 0-3 from deep, which there needs to be a case study on how pure Shea's mid-range is compared to his three-point shot. Just don't understand it. Um, and only 6-7 from the stripe. So save your free throw merchant um, comments to yourself today. But, yeah, man, he was just absolutely dominant. I think he started the game with, what, like, uh, was it 11 points in the first quarter? Yeah, 11. Yeah, 11 points in the first quarter. He kind of tailed off a little bit. I think he got five in the second quarter, but then he scored like 12 or 14 points in the third quarter, just like absolute barrage. It didn't matter who you threw at him. It didn't matter if it was Jay McDaniels, the the um, the theoretical Shea stopper that everybody wants to say. Um, it doesn't matter if it's his cousin, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, the in-practice Shea stopper that we saw in the playing game. It didn't matter if it was Anthony Edwards, the guy that if he ratchets up his defense, could be the best defender in the league. It didn't matter who you threw Shea Gilles Alexander. He was going by you. He was going through you. He was going around you. He was shooting over you. He was getting his bucket. That bucket he had on Ant, like shooting over Ant, was so filthy. That bucket oh, that yeah. he had. And then the up and under that he hit on Gobert, like a few oh, possessions mm-hmm. later, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like any any other guard is shooting a three. Like once they get Rudy Gobert switched up on them there at the corner, like they're stepping back and they're shooting a three. Shea, step back. He was over three at that point. Drove hard right, got Rudy in the air and did the up and under. Almost, it, it kind of looked like Chet's up and under uh, Al Yupi did against Zubak and the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Shea did not slam it. He just finished the layup on the first try. So, yeah, man, he was he was cooking. And some of the the degree of difficulty on some of the mid-range jump shots he was sitting in the third quarter, like they weren't just like, you know, I've created all this space. Let me just knock down the open jumper. Like there was some where he had – like his legs were split. There was some where he was falling one way or the other. There was some where like there was clear contact and he got it to go over the contact. I mean, he was he was just on fire tonight, man. 34, and he probably could have gone for 40. He might have had his career high if it was a competitive game. Who knows? Yeah, how he is he out the last few minutes. How is he able to, like, face the wrong way, jump in the air, spin around, and, like, stop his spin directly, like, facing the basket and get the shot off? Like, I would have thrown the ball in the stands with, like, how that <laughs> spin happened. It just it looks like he's able to stop his momentum. Like he has ultimate control of gravity at times. Um Chris Fisher was on looking at, at Shea on the side, um, dribbling it up and, and Gobert was there and he's like, Looks like Shea doesn't want to take it on Gobert. Uh a split second later, Shea hits him with a cross and takes him baseline, gets to his spot and goes up and lays in and he's like well, he didn't look like he wanted to take him. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, man, Shea is fearless. He he does not fear anybody in the NBA. And I, two times, you guys mentioned it with Chet. You guys mentioned it with Santa that they take things from Shea's game and incorporate it in their own. I think that's something that doesn't get mentioned enough is the, inf- the not just the on-court influence and the swagger and the mentality that Shea has on the court, but they take that you – know, they play against this guy in practice all the time, right? They, they see all these moves. They see what he's able to do, how he's able to methodically get to his spots and, and just insert his will uh, against the defense. It doesn't matter who that defense is. We're starting to see that kind of rub off on the other players too. So uh, that's, you're not going to see that in the stat sheet, right? Like Shea doesn't get an assist for – you know, Dub coming and taking a shot in the same fashion that that Shea just did on the previous <laughs> possession. He should, but, dang it. but like we've got that guy, and it's not just that guy for himself. He's influencing the team around him in ways that like 
only a superstar really can. Like ways that Kobe or Michael really, you know, influence their teammates to like elevate their game to try to get on his level. Except now, I mean, outside of maybe Shaq, and of course Scotty was really good too. Like potentially, we've got uh, a conglomerate of talent, uh, whatever you want to call it, that might rival some of those great teams uh, moving forward. So, so Shea's influencing p- potentially even better talent than that, and it's it's really dope to see that like that career arc uh, for for what Shea was, what and what people expected. But now we have guys with high expectations that are also going on that similar trajectory. So it's pretty dope. Yeah, it's it's just a special group of guys. There's a couple of things I want to shout out. Um, Raybar put out a tweet talking about, you know, Shea was asked about what Kevin Williams brings to the team, and he said, fight, dog mentality, guards bigger guys, guards smaller guys, does whatever it takes. He's a guy every team needs. I thought that was a good quote. I wanted to shout that out. Uh, Dub was asked about um, – or Mark was asked about Dub, you know, hitting those back-to-back threes and then how he brought the ball down the next play. Instead of taking a heat check, he made the right team play. Dub was later asked about his thoughts after hitting back-to-back threes, and he said, I was dribbling out for a third. I was definitely going to shoot it, and then said he didn't <laughs> shoot it because he didn't want to come out of the game. So uh, we <laughs> we appreciate that. He shouted out his teammates for – yeah, he shouted out his teammates for why he was able to guard Carl Anthony Towns so well. It's, it's just a really special group of guys. You know, they always – it's always – oh, this guy is the reason why we did so well. Like, that guy's helping me out. Just a special group, man. And, like, you know, y'all are talking about Shea. So many moments where it truly feels like I'm watching one of the best talents in the league right now, which obviously he is. But it's a night-to-night basis where, you know, I watch every minute of this team, every single night that they play. Yet there are still moments where my jaw drops at some of the stuff that Shea does, some of the shots that he hits. It just doesn't feel like it should be possible. It feels like I'm watching an all-time level talent with the stuff that Shea is doing out there. So just huge shout out to him, uh, special type player, future MVP. And he's going to be the guy that brings the Larry O'Brien finally to Oklahoma City. So we appreciate him. Yes, sir. Can't wait for that. Um, all right, let's get to the last single large item. Well, it's not really a single large item, just the, the remaining large items. Uh, which is just the bench, man. I feel like we don't win this game without the bench, like individual mm-hmm. impact. We talked about Kendrick Williams, which I had – shout out Hunter Harjo, the meme lord. I had him uh, cook up the cat posting up against Boogie meme with Kendrick Williams' face on it. But, of course, Kenny didn't really guard cat anymore in the second half, so I didn't get to post it. But that's what it felt like, man. Anytime cat put, uh, went to the post against Kendrick Williams, like shutting him down. Like, it didn't even matter. And – uh, I don't know what it is, but Kendrick Williams' three-point shot this year looks so pretty. Like it's so pure. It's really year. nice. Ever he has some of the best makes on the team. I swear none of his makes like hit anything. They just hit the nah, back door and drop straight, straight down. It's crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Isaiah Joe kind of came out of a slump. Um, did so not going volume shooter at eight points, two rebounds, two assists. Um, also. Uh, but, yeah, he hit two or three from deep. Uh, a couple of them were just, like – one of them specifically was, like, just showcasing the Shea and Joe chemistry, which I'd say is, like, like one of the underrated pairings in the league. Like, you know, those guys just get each other and how they play. Like, Joe's relocation style plays really well with Shea's drive and kick style. Um, and then uh, the other one was just a showcase of, like, just masterful ball movement. 
Um, I, I don't remember who passed it to Chet, but Chet got a, a look, I think, against Jordan McLaughlin. And instead, he passed it back out to Jalen Williams to, at the left wing, who flicked it to Joe in the left corner, you know, passed up a good shot for a better shot, for the best shot, and the best shot knocked down. So that was awesome. And then shout out Vasilye Misic, who got some yeah. run in this one. One of seven from the field, oh, four from deep. But, man, he looked like the second coming of Magic Johnson with some of those passes. The playmaking was great. He's definitely got to still find his rhythm out there offensively. But, hey, man, the way the ball was zipping around when he was out there, was it was pretty. He had that, like, he had that, like, one-handed, like, rifle hook pass to Kaysen. Mm-hmm. Um, like, very first play that he got in. Uh, he had that, like, baseball skip pass to the corner. I think uh, Wiggins missed the three. But I was like, that one literally had my jaw on the floor. I was like, why are you even sitting on the bench, my guy? <laughs> like, these passes yeah. are insane. Speaking of passes, I want to shout Shea's playmaking recently. That's something we talk about, all the stuff that Shea does. I don't think his playmaking gets enough love. The pass mm-hmm. where he drew the entire team into the paint, spinning yes. around, kicks it to Dort in the corner, knocks on the three, was a beautiful pass. That was like the perfect example of how much his gravity fuels this offense and Lou knocking down that three on top of it as an example of how he's, again, a big game player and shooting, I think, what's his three-point percentage on the season now? I know it's back up over 30 or 40%, but just, I think it's 40.7, I believe, but he was, he was 33% last year from three. Yeah, man. He's been, uh, yes, he was yeah exactly 33%. I don't know, man. Dort's kind of figured it out. You know, it's still not – we're not halfway through the season yet, but the fact that we are about to hit the halfway point of the season here in a couple of weeks and Ludor is still shooting over 40% from deep is the best thing I've ever seen. So, yeah, shout out to Lou and shout out to Shea's playmaking. It's been unbelievable. Uh, random stat I want to throw in there too. We're only one of two teams that have beaten both the Timberwolves and the, and the Nuggets. It's us and the Pelicans. Those are the only two teams to do that. So, we yeah. go ahead and get it done. The only two teams ahead of us, we've beaten them. So – at the beginning of the season, people are talking about, oh, all the Thunder wins are against beat-up teams. They're against like these good teams, but they're missing a couple key players. We've now beaten the top two teams in the Western Conference with their teams pretty much as healthy as they're going to get. So, yeah. There you go, man. Yeah, we can... Meechich, you're so cool. <laughs> uh, I want to throw it back. Yeah. Keep, keep going, Wolves. And with our picks, we're going to rule. I just wanted to see if you need more lyrics. I'm impressed. With you and SGA, we're going to win. Yeah. I should say with you and Kaysen, but it's okay. Oh, it's Kaysen. That's, that's right. My bad. Anyway, um, I, I, can't, I can't watch that movie the same now. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's forever changed for me. It's dope. Uh, you know, they said that Giddy, who was a team high plus... 21 tonight uh, mm-hmm. on the plus minus. So give him some props there kind of coming back from injury. We didn't even know he was going to play tonight. Looked pretty good on that ankle. Um, they called him vanilla magic, but maybe vanilla magic was the Michich in our hearts all along. His name even almost looks like vanilla magic. Like you just got to mix the up same in- a couple letters, same initials and everything like that. Yeah. It's, it's going to be dope watching him, you know, some inside baseball. We, we thought that he was going to be able to get some more run probably post Christmas, maybe integrating some of the other younger players early on and then bringing him more into the fold as we ramp up for the playoffs. 
I don't think it was an accident that he got quite a bit of burn tonight and that mm-hmm. you can probably expect him to get a lot more run with or without Giddy in the lineup as we saw tonight. So awesome for him. That shot's eventually going to fall. Yeah. I don't think it's going to go super long without falling. Like he, he, it just looks too good. It's going to start falling eventually. Uh, yeah. Shout out to him. This is a huge win, you know, losing to the Lakers last game, which was such a frustrating loss. I wasn't on here to talk about that, but just a game where we, for, we completely <laughs> forgot how to me. shoot. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Dylan, but I'm glad I didn't have to be there because it was so frustrating. Could not hit a three. The Lakers remembered how to shoot threes for like the first game all season. And, you know, this game we come back and we remember how to shoot. We go ahead and get it done against the Timberwolves. This is a really hard part of the schedule. These, you know, going to Lakers and then Timberwolves and then Knicks tomorrow. Like Knicks, the Knicks are really good. Just beat up on mm-hmm. the Bucks on Christmas Day. So we've got them. We then have the Nuggets again coming up here. If we can get out of this stretch 500, I am perfectly cool with that. If we can move it to three and one somehow, that is a statement I would say about this team. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's kind of, I guess, the update from the standings. I believe with this win, we are half a game back of the Nuggets or one and a half games back. Of Full, game. Full game. Full game. Okay. I went right, shot right around the middle. But Boom. yeah, we're <laughs> one game exactly back from the Nuggets. We are two and a half games back of Minnesota, so not that far. And this is a big one because we need to continue to build that separation between the middle of the pack guys in the West because it's really mm-hmm. close right now. Kings are only two games back of us. The Mavericks are two games back of us. The Clippers are two and a half back right now. They're in a dogfight with the Hornets. So we'll see what happens. The Kings are actually down to the Blazers right now as we're recording this podcast. Pelicans lost tonight. Rockets lost tonight. So pretty good night for us across the league, it felt like, in terms of getting the teams that we need to lose to lose. And then, you know, shout out to the Pistons making NBA history tonight. Most losses consecutively in a single season. 27, man. Congratulations to Detroit. Wingstop will never have to give them wings again at this rate. (laughs) Um, I have a question for y'all. Yeah. Who's under the under the most pressure? The Pistons to finally get a win or every team that plays the Pistons from here on out until they get their next win? I I honestly think it's the teams that play them. And you know, that that's the worst part about this Pistons thing. I don't think this streak ends soon. I think they're going to lose 35 straight games. I looked at their schedule. They play Boston to like next game. The Celtics, like the largest spread in NBA history going into a game is 21 and a half points. I think the Celtics are going to be like 25 point favorites going into that one. And I'm seeing all these Celtics fans put out there. One of my best friends is a Celtics fan. He's putting out there. Oh, like this is like, this is a total trap game for us. No, it's not. There is no team that wants to be the team that the Pistons break this losing streak against. Boston is going to go in there. Sm- like, if there was ever a game where our 73-point loss record gets broken, it is this basketball game. <laughs> it might happen. I could see them winning by 80 points. Like tonight, Kate Cunningham had a 40 bomb, a, an efficient 40 bomb, and they still lost. They, he, he did that against the Utah Jazz, and they still lost. And for reference, the Pistons' upcoming schedule, Keep in mind, they've lost 27 straight games. They have not won since we beat them on October 30th. It's been since before Halloween that they won a basketball game. So they play Boston next, then Toronto. If they lose that game, they'll set the record for the longest win streak ever. Doesn't across multiple seasons. So that would be the record they would set there. Then they're in unprecedented territory. Then they have the Rockets, the Jazz, which maybe is winnable, but Lowry's back. Golden State Warriors, Denver Nuggets, Sacramento Kings, then the Spurs, that might be the winnable game. And I believe I did the math. That would be 
they just lost their 27, so 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34. If they beat the Spurs, they would have lost 34 games in a row before the streak ends. And I don't think that's unrealistic to say that that might happen. Yeah, they play us on the 28th of January, too. So hopefully. They do. Hopefully I don't think the streak will get to that point. They do play the Wizards and the Hornets as well as the Spurs, like each before that period. So okay. I'm imagining it'll be over by then. But like what you're saying, I don't think at this point any game is a trap game. It's not like they've lost 15 in a row and you take them lightly. This is mm. unprecedented territory. We have <laughs> never seen this level of suck in the NBA before. Nobody wants to lose to this team. Everybody's going to give them their best shot. And that's what sucks for the Pistons because I think this thing could keep snowballing. It feels like we should be close to the end. I don't know if we are, which is crazy. But- they know Wimby was in last year's draft, right? Well, the worst part about it is they, they won 17 games and then fell to the fifth pick, and now they're even worse. Yeah. They've picked, what, top five, like the past three years, four years, or something like that? Yeah, they got Cade. Killian, and Hayes. Then... Killian Hayes was seven. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. Um, so, yeah, they got him, but... And like, man, this is their fifth year of the rebuild. In fact, I know I'm turning this into topic Pistons, but they are the is like the most fascinating thing to me. They're I need to tell you about their clutch stats. The Pistons this season. <laughs> oh, Lord. The Pistons this season. Let me pull up to go to the advanced ones. The Pistons. Okay, so for reference, the Thunder in clutch time this season have an offense rating of 130.0. That's second best in the league. That's really good. Woo-hoo. The Pistons have an offensive rating in the clutch of a 63.2. Oh my gosh. That is less than half of ours. The Wizards are the second worst with a 67. They're also bad. But then the next lowest one is the Pelicans with a 91.8. They are 30 points worse than the third worst team in terms of their offensive rating. They have a net rating in the clutch of minus 60. That's wild. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and the NBA has this player impact estimate stat, which is basically like kind of a PER light type thing for teams. Mm-hmm. It's negative 5.1. I, don't, <laughs> I didn't know that number could be negative. The whole team is a negative when they get into clutch time. The Wizards are the second worst with 4.5. We talk about people calling us the black eye of the league for so long. Like this is ridiculous stuff. We didn't even see this in like the Kalazakis days. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was... Uh, this is pretty egregious, man. Um, so, uh, how many picks were you sending to get Cade? <laughs> I don't know, bro. But it's it it's crazy to me because he's been really good. And mm-hmm. I, if he asks out for a trade at this point, does anybody blame him? Like nobody nah. could. Nah, there's no shot they trade him though. There's no shot that they like yeah. draft the number one overall pick. Like what? three years ago and then they're just gonna like that's admitting how bad you suck <laughs> i mean people were talking about how okc had to trade shay because they were gonna waste his prime and this that and the other and they needed to reset the clock because you know max player this and all that like Cade's gonna be a max guy in two seasons right like i think i think it might be this off season he can get that max extension i think um, and then it, then it kicks in cause he's on the same timeline as Giddy, right? Yeah. They were the same draft. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's big, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know how they see a way through it with Cade on the roster. And that's, I mean, uh, M- Monty Williams, uh, thunder legend. Hey, Troy Weaver, it. Troy Weaver, thunder legend. <laughs> Hey, man, I can't lie. Maybe the reason we drafted all those athletic dudes who couldn't shoot and yeah. lost draft for so many years, it might have been Troy Weaver this whole time. Yeah, Maybe, whenever he's fired, don't bring him back to OKC. 
No, please. I don't. like the please. direction this thing's heading. Yeah. Uh, the Pistons are on pace for five wins, by the way. Five and seventy. That's- Seven would be their record right now if they kept up this win percentage. They were at a point oh six seven win percentage. There was, was somebody the game series between them and the Bobcats. The Bobcats. Bobcat Bobcat sweep. Bobcat sweep. Um, I'm not somebody not actually. For me. I didn't realize you could do this. Somebody actually placed the bet saying that the the Pistons would not win a game the rest of the season. The rest of the year? Oh no, no, I thought it was the rest of like the calendar year. No, there's okay. a, there's a bit out there that they lost that they're gonna lose the rest of the season. Like go wow. two and eight, go two and eighty, and I think it was like they were gonna win like a million dollars. Like it's an insane bet. Yeah, but I mean, hey, they only threw like a dollar on it. So that's wild, man. But I guess I mean I guess this is a good transition into like trade targets. I know we want to talk about that because Kevin Durant news came out yesterday oh, that really? he is. Now I was gonna oh. say on the other side of this break. Oh. And we're back from that break. Didn't mean to yeah. cut off Cone. He's going to pick up just like when Jerry cut him off in the last podcast. So what I was saying about Kevin Durant, um, <laughs> he he and the Phoenix Suns are under 500 after last night's loss to the Dallas Mavericks. They are 14 and 15, I believe. Uh, yes, 14 and 15. Bradley Beal cannot stay healthy. They have no defense. The offense is inconsistent. They don't have a point guard, which seemed like it was going to be a problem. Hey, guess what? It's a problem. They don't have anyone to orchestrate the offense. Book's doing his best. He's been good some nights, but it feels like his his game just feels all out of whack, trying to be the lead playmaker rather than this unbelievable score that he typically is. He's done his best in the role. I just don't think it's enough. So, report comes out from Woj yesterday that Kevin Durant is frustrated, that people in the organization are feeling Katie's frustration. Now, me personally, I don't think he's asking out or anything like that this season. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Suns will turn it around enough to make the playoffs. We'll see what they do in the playoffs, but I do still think they make it. However, they gave up pretty much everything to make this thing happen, to get mm-hmm. Kevin Durant here, to get Bradley Beal here. They don't have any draft picks of their own. Like They have pick swaps, so like they'll still get picks, but they don't control a single one of their draft picks, I don't think, till 2030, between <laughs> giving up picks and pick swaps. They have put everything all in, and they're bad. So... This brings up the conversation, Kevin Durant, the return to Oklahoma City. I want you all on a scale of 1 to 10 to rate how interested you are in a Kevin Durant return and what you would be willing to give up for that. But another thing I think is kind of interesting, maybe even more so interesting, is Devin Booker in Oklahoma City. If I had to bring something up. If I had to, you know, again, I don't think either of these guys get traded. But if we're talking the Suns having to blow something up at some point and they want to replenish assets – it's interesting. So first, let's do the KD thing. Rate one to ten how interested you are and what you'd be willing to give up. Moles, thank it, man. I know Moles has been I'm, a big KD hype man. I'm I'm at a twelve because I just went six to midnight. I oh, God, am there it is. all in. There it is. Uh, I just had to bust these these guys out. These uh, KD twos here uh, that I have not worn in forever. You know, it, it'd be really nice to to wear these guys on uh, again, wearing my KD Jersey, uh, maybe even to the parade <laughs> uh, after we win multiple titles. What, what do we need? What does everybody say we need potentially a four? Where's Kevin Durant's best position? The four who does, who does Chet work out with in the off season? Who really helped to elevate a lot of his, a lot of his game, tighten his handle, get him to some spots, to lift up from three and all those things. KD, mm-hmm. like we talked about 
how positive of an influence Shay is on some of his teammates. Imagine if Chet gets to pick KD's brain every single day at the office. Like, what does that look like? We, Chris Paul, in one season, did a ton for Shea's development. Did a ton for developing some of our young guys. Lou Dort, for instance. Kevin Durant could have that same kind of impact, and he's willing to do it. He's willing to, you know, get in the lab and and help bring on the next generation. Him and uh, Jalen Green and Chet worked out a lot uh, in the off season. That's a positive for me. He's starting to come around. Uh, it's not as cold. You could say relations have thawed a little bit between Oklahoma City and Kevin Durant, at least the organization. Uh, as far as the organization and the player are concerned, now the city and the fans have a little ways to go for that. But, <laughs> dude, it, I can't think of a better, you know, outside of maybe like a Jason Tatum, which isn't going to happen, uh, insert player here star that honestly, I don't know that we would have to give all the assets for with his age and the salary and all that stuff. If they're looking for a couple of young players and a few assets to to stock the cupboard back it back with, and maybe retool around books, something like that, like they could do that, and the Thunder still would have a lot of assets to go. So, I would, I mean, I I gave this up, you know, I I don't know that, you know, Kaysen's really the guy, right? I know that a lot of people don't want to give give him up, but Bertans, Giddy, Wallace, Pokashevsky, and Jang and two first-rounders for Durant. Is that not enough? I think that's enough. I think I think if they're willing to blow it up, maybe you throw in one more first-rounder somewhere. I think, but... if, I think we might need more draft compensation. I think that's what the big thing they'd be going for is. But, I mean, we have four billion picks. Like, it doesn't even mm-hmm. matter is the thing. And, yeah, yeah. We, can, we can make that work. Yeah, I'd love to, like – Throw on Misich instead of Kaysen and throw like seven more picks just so I can keep Kaysen. I can't lose Kaysen and Ooze in the same trade, guys. I'll lose my mind. I'll be very sad. But no, I mean, either way, I mean, let's let's look at the stats this year because a lot of people want to talk about how, oh, Kevin Durant is so old. Like, why do you want to bring in a guy like that? He is 35 years old. I grant you that. 30 points right now. He's shooting 51%. 46.9 from three, 87.5 from the stripe. That's on about five attempts per game, four and a half attempts per game from three-point line. Like, I mean, m- most of the nail hit. Offensively, he fits seamlessly. Like, everything that we said about Laurie Markinen fitting with Chet Holmgren and Shago Alexander and co., like, offensively, that's KD. But KD gives you a little bit more playmaking as well. Um, obviously, you lose a, lose a little bit of size, but, like, honestly, like – I think I trust KD on the boards a little bit more than I do Laurie Markin at this point. Um, gives you another guy to go to late in games. You know, if Shea's covered up. I mean, you've got so many ways to kill a team at the end of the games. If you have Shea Gilles Alexander, Chet Holmgren, Kevin Durant, Jalen Williams, like, good luck, man. Like, that, that's all I got to say to anybody guarding the Thunder. Um, defensively, I know, like, you know, it, it's not like back in the days when he was on the Golden State Warriors and he was like, you know, able to play the five guy, like, with Draymond, like, in their, like, uh, death lineup. Um, you know, I don't think his defense is like that now, but, I mean, he's still not slouched defensively. Like, he's still a seven-footer. He's still got a lot of length. He's still super athletic. He's still got that dog in him. Like, he's a guy that loves playing basketball. And 
Um, you know, Moles, you was talking about how, um, how he'd be able to get in the lab with Chet every day and Chet be able to pick his brain and, you know, imagine that translating to Chet, like, just imagine Kevin Durant and Serge Ibaka mixed together and you you have that version of Chet Holmgren. <laughs> just just wild thing. But yeah, I'm I'm at like <coughs> I wouldn't say I'm quite at a 10, just because I mean I, I I'm very much in the camp of like, you know, if we want to make a star trade, if Presty thinks it's time to make a star trade, like go ahead. But like I told you in the last pod cone, I don't think it's gonna give us a championship this year. I think it's something that you you bring in to set the foundation like kind of you know see like where you're at um this year and then next year is the year like you're really going for it Mm -hmm. um so that's why i would say i'm at a nine turn to the package goes i mean yeah like if you know you keep that top three off the table i'll be very sad to see case and go i really would but if that's the sticking point on the trade like whatever man like I, I, the only thing I ask is that you don't get rid of Dort and Kaysen because I, I do think you need, like, you know, some defender. Um, and then, you know, at that point, like, you lose Giddy, you lose Trey Man, you lose Poco, you, Poco, you lose Ooze, Davis Bertans for uh, for the contract, and you still got guys like Kendrick Williams, you still got Aaron Wiggins, you still got the other Jalen Williams. Like, you still got so much to play with. And guess what? Even Isaiah if you Joe. give up. Yeah, Isaiah Joe, sorry. Even if you give up eight first-round picks in this trade, guess what? You still have seven more to go build around the edges if you want to or to kick the can down the road and get even more future assets. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I think I think it would be awesome. Um, again, like, I'm not I, – I will say that we're going to win the championship if we get Kevin Durant, but, like, you know, in my heart of hearts, I'll know, like, this is a move for next year, not so much this year um, just because it doesn't really happen. But – yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, Cone, how do you, how you feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, a seven footer that can shoot that's having one of the most efficient seasons of his career, putting up thirty points per game. Like, it's a perfect fit theoretically. Um, the the worries I do have age. He's up there in age. He's thirty five years old, mm-hmm. not too far from being forty. But at the same time, he's still ridiculously good. So age doesn't really matter that much. And I think he's got a game that's going to age perfectly fine when you can just shoot over mm-hmm. guys. Uh, the thing is also, KD wouldn't have to be the number one option on this team. I think Shea's still, Shea's still the number one guy. He yeah. doesn't have to come in here and do this. Uh, you know, he's been the number one option on the Suns most of the year. He and D-Book kind of take turns. But he's putting up more points per game than Devin Booker. So he's they're kind of 1A, 1B. I think Shea's clearly the number one guy on this team. And if you don't have to give up Shea, Dub, or Chet, a starting lineup that, and I assume you keep Dort too, most likely. Yeah. I don't think the Suns would ask for Lou Dort. Shea, Dort, Dub, K- Kevin Durant, Chet Holmgren is potentially the best starting lineup in the NBA. I don't say it is maybe because the Celtics do exist and their starting lineup is stacked, but it's certainly up there. It's with the up there with the Celtics and the Nuggets for the best starting fives in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievably talented. So you talk about those types of teams. Um, I mean, hey, man, I do worry about the injuries, though, as well with Kevin Durant. We'd have yeah. to see what a package would look like because they gave up a ton to get KD. I don't think they're giving him up for nothing, even if he demands out. The Suns went all in on this thing. They're going to do whatever they can. I believe they're going to like scratch, claw, scrape, whatever they have to do to try and keep this thing together because the new owner came in, made these big moves. They went the definition of all in. They're not mm-hmm. going to give it up at all easily. If we want to get Kevin Durant or, you know, say a Devin Booker, who I think is way harder to even get out of Phoenix because mm-hmm. of his ties to that city. 
you're going to have to give up a ton. That would have to be emptying the war chest. But as I think more and more about star trades, it does feel like there is something very NBA drama poetic about Kevin Durant returning to Oklahoma City and winning a ring. Something feels very poetic about that. Is it going to happen? I don't know. Probably not. But would it be one of the most absurd stories in NBA history? Yeah. And would it make the most ridiculous 30 for 30 that I would watch multiple times? A thousand percent as well. So I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. And one thing I do think that helps too, sure, Kevin Durant's old. Our team is so young. Like even mm-hmm. if we bring in Kevin Durant and he retires at like 40 after five years of playing with us. Boucher will be what, like 31 at that point? Chet will be like mid-20s, hitting his prime. Dub will still be that young. Like, I'm not even that concerned. Even if Kevin Durant gets to third age, regresses a little bit, we don't need him to be the MVP Kevin Durant of old. We just need him to be really, really good, which I think he's going to be until the moment he retires. I don't think Kevin Durant's going anywhere. So it's very interesting. I'm not someone who either – also, I'm not someone who harbors any feelings against Kevin Durant anymore. I'm way over that. That was – seven years ago i don't care anymore if kevin Durant comes here and helps us bring a chip don't care that would be amazing it's a perfect story yeah it's like so, so a couple of things i want to point out um I, I was just thinking about this while you were talking like mm-hmm. in that starting lineup KD would be the fifth option like the the fifth like option defensively in terms of like who you're attacking like blues like your point of attack guy chet's your defensive anchor Dubs your multi-positional guy that you can throw on whoever and shades like the softball minutes. KD is like your fifth guy that you're like, you know, you're trying to like good luck. Yeah, the guy that's you're trying to say. hunt, the guy you're trying to hunt is a seven-footer, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But that's the guy you're trying to hunt. It, it legitimately gives me like with the Celtics, they've got Derek White, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. and Kristaps. Who do you hunt on that team? It would be a similar thing with the Thunder, except Kevin Durant is a 30 point per game scorer who's having his most efficient season of his entire career right now. So without a point I, guard. Exactly. And I, I do want to say also with the Kevin Durant trade, there's no way it, ha- it would happen this season. If it were to happen, it would have to be in the offseason. They're not giving up on this thing this yeah. year. I don't care where they go. Kevin Durant could demand a trade. He's not getting dealt at all this season. So he's not going anywhere, which I think, you know, like you mentioned, we talked about this last podcast. Midseason trades don't typically win you championships. Even if you make a massive acquisition, they typically don't, at least the star ones. Like we talked about, you know, PJ Tucker going to the Bucks a few years ago, helped them win a title. But to make that acquisition, a guy as big as Kevin Durant, even as seamless as I think the fit would be, it is hard to put a guy into the system like that and win on the fly. It's very rare that you see that workout midseason. So, and I think that's better anyways. I'm someone who's kind of in the middle of the camp where I think making a star trade is cool. If they want to cash in on this season, what we're doing right now, 100% go for it. But at the same time, if we don't make a move, I'm not super upset because this team's already doing amazing things as is. Maybe we don't have to make a star move. Maybe we don't have to. Maybe we just make small trades here and there. We use the draft picks year after year to keep supplementing this team with young talent to push them back a little bit to bring in solid role players. Maybe that's all we do with the picks. I would kind of like to see what this team looks like in the playoffs before we blow things up. But at the same time, if you can get a star out there without giving up, the untouchable guys to me are Shea, Dub, Chet. Do not mm-hmm. give those three guys up. Obviously, Shea's not going anywhere. I don't think Chet's going anywhere either. Dub is untouchable to me. I do not want to trade those three guys. If you can keep those three guys and you make a star trade out there, go for it. Because we have ridiculous depth as well. So, yeah, that's yeah. kind of my thought. For the Kevin Durant thing, I would say in terms of like interest, it's, I'm also probably at a nine. Small reservations because of the injury history recently and the age. But at the same time, I don't even know if those are problems. Because basketball-wise, it would be like, what the hell do you do against a team that has that talent? What do you do? <laughs> Nothing yeah. is the answer. Yeah, I mean, you know, and like you said, though, like he's like, 
he's all skill. Like, you know, his athleticism mm. is like is nowhere where it used to be, but like that's not how he kills you. He kills you with his skill and like knowing the game and you know, just being being a hooper superman. Like he's he's gonna get buckets on you either way. He'll be getting buckets on you when he's 40, just like LeBron is. So um, but yeah, in terms of like you know, the reception and like, you know, him coming back. It's like the prodigal son, man. Like, you know, he, he went off, he did his own thing. He did what he thought was going to be right. He realized that, you know, it didn't bring him happiness, didn't bring him joy, whatever. And he comes back and he's kind of, he's kind of sheepishly coming back. Like, you know, are they going to accept me? Do they want me here? And then he comes back and delivers a ring. Let me tell you what, the people are going to be Every, welcome. To everything's right forgiven. Nothing matters at that point. Yeah, he'd have a like a, he'd have a statue right next to Russ's in the new arena, which yeah. would be a crazy like. If you want to talk about Kevin Durant leaving, like leaving Oklahoma City in one of the like softest moves, if you want to call it that of all time, going yes. to Golden State, going back like winning rings in Golden State, you know, leaving us for the team that beat us during the seventy three nine team. People are like, oh, his rings don't count. He's gone to Brooklyn, didn't work out. He goes to Phoenix, it doesn't work out. He comes back to Oklahoma City and wins a ring. If you want to talk about a legacy-saving move, if there ever was one, that is the move. Like, easily. There is not – Kevin Durant could not do anything remotely close to what it would do for him to come back to Oklahoma City and win mm-hmm. a ring. Nothing even in the same stratosphere as doing that. Like, genuinely, would be one of the wildest NBA stories, maybe even the wildest NBA story there has ever been. The 30 for 30 would go crazy. I mean, full circle. I'd make one of my YouTube channel. I would do a full documentary on it. Code YouTube views going crazy. KD comes back. Oh my God. Like that's, if we make the, if we make the star trade, if the Kevin Durant <laughs> trade happen, that video might get like a million views. It would be insane. So say if Sam Presti wants me to be able to, you know, buy some cool stuff, I'd appreciate if you made a big move. Thank you, Sam. There you go. Well, um, with that being said, guys, um, you know, we're, we're gone about an hour. It is about a typical time for the pod. But, you know, I, I like doing fun stuff in, in our uh, normal podcast, not just our postgame podcast. So I have a game that um, I, I kind of came up with on the spot. Me and Chelsea play every now and then. So I have Spotify, right? And you guys know if you go to an artist, it shows the monthly listens that each artist has. So the game is simple. You guys going back and forth here. Uh, we'll – We'll let uh, we'll let Mole start because Cone is really good at games whenever he has to play against somebody. But we'll let Mole start. Mole's basically the premise is you name an artist. You want to aim big. All right. So you name an artist, and I tell you how many monthly listens they have. Then Cone will name an artist, and I will look at the monthly listens. He is trying to get lower than your monthly listens. And then it goes back to you. You try to get lower than his, and you're going to go as far as you can until somebody is wrong. So it'll be a quick game. Jeez. Okay. Tone, do you understand? I do. And I thought of a strategy where I could just win immediately, but I won't do it. Don't do that. Like, actually try. <laughs> okay. Actually try to name well, big artists. Well, what's the threshold? Is there like a certain amount of followers they have to be over on a platform? Uh, I mean, it, it just has to be like, like if you say a name I've never heard of, it probably doesn't count. Okay. You just got to say a big artist, man. You just got to think big, Moles. So I have to go big, and then he's going to undercut me and, until we can't undercut Yeah, him. we're going to try to get as many rounds as possible out of this. Okay, Taylor okay. Swift. Honestly, I think this this might work best if it's a team game, and we're trying to get as many artists as possible before okay. we mess up. 
I think that's that fair. I think it works better as a team game. Okay, okay. That's, okay. So I, I'm gonna go Taylor Swift. Okay, good pick. Taylor Swift has 111.1 million monthly listeners. That feels low. Okay, so I know some of the top guys. I know. I think the weekend is the most streamed artist in the world right now. Um, Drake is up there as well. Who is close to Taylor? That's the problem. Is I don't know who's close to Taylor. What's like a really popular band right now? Or like, like who's a popular artist? I'm trying to get as close as I can. Who's someone who dropped an album recently that would have a good amount of listeners? I might have one. I'm a little afraid it's going to go over. I don't think it will. How many did you say Taylor Swift had? 111.1 There's no way. Uh, Travis Scott. Is Moles, are you okay? Oh, I guess. Okay, so Moles picks, so the count's doing this. All right, that works. All right, Travis Scott, 61.1 million. That's a lot lower than I wanted to. Okay. Okay, so Champagne Poppy's probably out. He's probably higher than that. Yeah, he is, for sure. I don't want to go. Since too you low. have eliminated him, I'll go and tell you Drake at eighty-two point seven million. Okay. Dang. I thought he was right around the hundred million should I, mark. Should I go Lil Wayne, or is that like where do you what, think he falls? I think he'll he'll definitely be lower. Is that that be... might not be that might not be bad. I, I'm trying to think of how much lower he would be. If I had to guess, it would probably be around because he's dropped he dropped like a couple projects recently, but they didn't really get that much traction. But he's kind of a historic. I, I think Wayne's not a bad not a bad pick. Is that going to, because we're at 50-ish right now? I don't want to drop us too far. You are at 61.1. 61. 61.1? 61.1, do... it's pretty high. We're still up there. Okay. Is Post Malone higher or lower than that? Post Malone might be higher. It's going to be, I think that's kind of close okay. if I had to guess. He hasn't dropped anything recently, but he's like, he's such a big artist at this point. And and what's the threshold just within the last month? Uh, it's It just says monthly listeners. I don't know how they calculate it. Okay, because that's tough. Because he did the All Star Game stuff last year, so that would have obviously boosted it a lot. Uh, I mean, Malone or, Wayne or Lil Wayne. Okay, I would That's go team effort. Post Malone's one hundred percent gonna have more. So if you want to get try and get closer, I would go Post Malone. He might not have sixty million. I, he actually, I, I think he does. I would go Wayne. Okay, Lil Wayne. I go Wayne. All right, Lil Wayne, homie. I'm going to go back here because, uh, all right. So Lil Wayne had 38.8 million. Okay. That's not okay. bad. Didn't That's drop bad. too far. Yeah. Is Post Malone still on the table or have you guys eliminated him? I don't think I'm, I'm not going for that. Yeah, he, he's hundred percent is more than that. If you pitch Post Malone, you would have not even dropped a full million or a full 2 million down. 59.3 million. Oh, uh, he was that close. I knew it was damn. close. I thought it was going to be like 65 or something like that. Okay. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. Right. That's all right. So who's a little bit lower than Wayne that I can go to at this point? Um, I can think of I can think of guys that could definitely drop us quite a bit, but I'm trying to think of someone who's <laughs> kind of close. So how, how many did you say again? 38 million? Mm, 38.8. 38.8 million. Okay. Because the guy that's coming to mind, he hasn't dropped a project in a while. In Jay-Z is coming to mind. He hasn't dropped a project in forever. Um, so I don't know if he might be a little bit lower, but he's a big name, so it's tough. Other artists that are close, Eminem might be a little higher than Jay Z. I think I think I'm pretty sure Eminem is still really high up there. I think. Okay. I don't know. I first he just feels like a dude who always because that that Chris Pratt uh, video dropped of him uh, Chris Pratt doing Eminem. Uh, 
so I think maybe that might have reinvigorated some people. So yeah, he just he right. just feels like for like summary, it doesn't matter what he drops. Like people are gonna like bump that religiously. It feels like at this point. Okay, um, Jay Z is very tempting to me. You know, a name we sh- we should have tried earlier was Beyonce. Beyonce probably would have yeah. been like a little under Taylor. That like right under good. Taylor, probably, probably up there. Um, Smart. I'm kind of down to go Jay Z. I feel like he's got less than Wayne. Okay. Okay, I'm going Jay Z. That's fine. Yeah. Jay Z, thirty-six point nine million. There we go. You're real close. Good job. Right right there. There we go. Damn. And this is all genres, right? Yeah. Obviously, because we started with Taylor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unless we're counting T Swizzle. Uh, Okay. Damn. This is not. Okay. Uh, Damn. Kendrick also, Lamar? since since you guys have, have not said this since the beginning, uh, the weekend have one hundred nine point five million. By the way, so uh, I thought I thought I thought he was still number okay. one for some reason. Okay, uh, Kendrick's gonna have more. I think Kendrick's really? gonna have more. Okay. I think so. Who's someone else who'd be kind of down there? I'm trying to think of big artists that haven't released albums recently. For some reason, I, I Wayne, Wayne and him just did a collab tape, so I know cha- two chains would be down there, but he's going to be way lower, I believe, than Jay Z. So probably a name we shouldn't use yet. Um, Who is another name that would be? I'm trying to think of like pop artists now. But I feel like every pop artist I know or can think of is like going to have a ton of like I don't know enough obscure pop artists who are going to have anywhere close to that number and not be like, wow, oh, I could have gone like Jamie Lynn Spears or something like that. Like <laughs> we're going like mad low. Yeah. We're going so, really low. Uh, I mean, who's someone that's close. Like, I want to like, mm, I want to like open my phone and scroll through my Apple music of recent I know. songs. Hey, no cheating. I'm not, I won't, I won't. I'm saying it, it would be a helpful tool right now. Okay. We're at what? What number? 36 million? 36 million. Yeah. 36.3. Yeah. I'm trying to think like 36.9. Like Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, probably Foo Fighters are too high. Yeah. Like obviously like Creed and Nickelback are way too high. <laughs> say what I, you I'm, say super, about I'm super curious where Nickelback actually would be. <laughs> now I'm very um, curious. Good God. See, this is the problem with me listening to all podcasts. I don't ever listen to music. Um, I listen to music. I just I cannot like rationalize in my head the numbers. Okay, let's let's think. So, our like Don Tolliver Don Tolliver is kind of interesting to me as a name. He he's done a lot of because he he hasn't released. When was the last time he released a solo project? It wasn't that long ago. I think it was this either this past year, like the beginning of this past year. I think. But he features on a lot of stuff. So I don't know what counts as a monthly listener. I don't know if it counts if he's featured on things or he has to be like the solo artist. He's definitely down lower. I just don't know how much lower he is. Um, we could start getting into like Hootie and the Blowfish. We could get into Nelly. We could get into. We could just start shooting. A, we could go a lot lower if we wanted to. If we really mm. wanted to just shoot low, we could do that. Uh, um, or what about country? Like, how many does Toby Keith get? 
I don't know anything. If you want to go country, that is all you. I don't know anything. Uh, you, let me, you, let, you let me know. I've listened to a country. The only time I listen to country music is when I'm here back home and my parents put it on. Outside of that, and also walking into every store in Oklahoma City when I visited the past couple of times, everywhere plays country is what I've realized. Uh, so that's the extent of my country knowledge. Man. But I knew country artists are kind of big, so I don't know. Um, is it my turn to go ahead and make a pick or is it yours? Uh, I don't remember. I think y'all are just kind of picking together. Okay. All right. I feel like we got to go ahead and make one. So for some reason, two chains keeps coming to mind. I feel like he's going to be like in the twenties or something like that. So I'm gonna go two chains, two chains. Sounds good. Two chains, 12.2 million. Damn. Okay. A lot lower than I thought it was going to be. Okay. But that's okay. Okay. Uh, You've gone five rounds so far. It's not bad. Um, the most I got was six, so. Keith Urban. Keith Ur- I feel like Keith Urban's got a lot. But he, feel- he doesn't release stuff anymore. I don't know. But that's an, the thing is, that's a name I know. Partially because he was American Idol. <laughs> but Keith Urban, that scares me a little bit. Does that scare you? I mean, I would have me. thought 2 Chains would have had more than Keith Urban, but maybe not. No, then again, that's... Keith Urban gets on all the uh, like all the playlists and stuff too. So, yeah, is is he still an American Idol judge? Didn't he do that at one point? He did. Uh, I don't know if that leads. For some for some reason, I thought he did. I don't know. I stopped watching by that point. Luke Bryan did for a while. Simon yeah, Cowell Ryan. left. Simon Cowell left, uh, and I was gone. I was done. I mean, Katy Perry, but she probably has a lot too, right? You talk about I, I don't know. Pop. Bro, when's the last time she released? Yeah, that's like that's the last time Katy Perry dropped a song. Is the problem? I haven't thought about Katy Perry in like. Well, you mentioned Idol. She's on Idol. Like, what do you want from me? That's true. That's true. That's true. She is. I guess she's doing something right now. Okay. Um, I can think of some really obscure names that would definitely get us lower, but we don't. I don't think we want to shoot that low quite yet. But twelve million's not bad. Like we're not at a bad spot. If we could get someone in like kind of the like a six or like seven the, million range, I'm yeah. cool with that. I don't know. What's what's like an old band that doesn't really release anything anymore? Um, but like Sons? I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> Since you guys ruled this out, I just want to point out Katy Perry has sixty point five million. Okay. <laughs> monthly listeners. Damn. Oh my god. Good lord. Yeah. Katy. <laughs> Katy Perry. She. She also gets on like pop throwback playlists probably twenty yeah, four seven. I imagine. That's true. She hasn't released a song since Christmas of two thousand eighteen. <laughs> oh my god! It's been that long. Well, I guess she's doing American oh, Idol now. We should have done Mariah Carey at some point. Oh yeah, I, w- I wonder what the number looks like in Christmas. Yeah, I wonder what that number looks like. Ninety point two. Good Ooh. lord! Oh my god, that should have okay. been the one after Taylor. <laughs> All right. Um, this is your pick, so go with what you feel. Twelve million. Um, I'm gonna maybe hate myself. Hootie and the Blowfish. Hootie and the Blowfish is 2.3 million. Okay. Way low. That's, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. All right. We could find so, Jamie Lynn Spears. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something. If we wanted what to really shoot one. Like, okay. we, could, we could go so, $1 here. Honestly, yeah. Price I mean, right. we're at, this is what, six rounds now? Round six, yeah. Okay, round six. Okay, who's someone who's absolutely lower than 
two mil who who do I listen to that's like super obscure? Um who's I can think of a couple of groups. I don't want to shoot too low, is the problem. I'm trying to think of someone who like won't we won't get too low, but we will get down there. But because two million is low for like big mainstream artists. Fun fact, Will Dickey has more monthly listeners than Hootie and the Blowfish. I just wanted to throw that out there. Insane. Westbrook on a farm, baby. Dickey got bars, baby. Uh, all right. Let's see. How much? Would... Ja Rule? <laughs> ja Rule. When's the last time Ja Rule put something out? I don't know. He was oh, in Milwaukee God. during the halftime show, and they hated him. So <laughs> that's, an all, that's an all-time clip. Ah. Uh, Jeez, I mean that's he's got to be less than two mil. Do you think so? I mean, he might be. Two mil is low. If you feel it, I mean, hey, hey, the Milwaukee or, crowd was not feeling him. Or we could say Tyrese. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had some bangers back in the day, but I don't know anybody pumping Tyrese. What what do you think Nelly's at? You mentioned Nelly earlier. What do you think Nelly's at? Nelly's got to be higher than two million. That's true. Two million is not a lot. He's got to be higher than that. And him and Ashanti just got back together, I think. So like, that's got in the news. Damn, that just completely ruins us. There it seems. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'd say like between like Jaw Rule and like Tyrese or something. I don't know. You you go you go what you feel. I'm I'm lobbing you this. I'm lobbing you this one. Iso, you got it. Uh, uh, just like two weeks from now, I'm going to throw it off the backboard. Um, I'll go ahead and say Ja Rule. Mm, ja Rule has 6.7 million. What? Listeners. If you would have gone with Tyrese, he had 1.5 million listeners. Tyrese? Oh. No! Oh. Monica! <laughs> Damn. That's the furious. Yeah, just for reference, uh, Nelly had 18.1 million. Yeah. Uh, Keith Urban would have been a really good one after two chains. He had 6.9. Ah, uh, okay. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nickelback, you asked about them. 15.6. What about and, Creed? Uh, Creed has 6.9. Nice. Don Tolliver, 25.2. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Kendrick had 50.8. I was going back okay. through here. Yeah. Damn, that's a tough game. That's uh, hard. What one big name I just completely did not think of that probably we should have guessed early on. Your Imagine Dra- Imagine Dragons, I feel like is what oh, we should have sure. guessed as like a name that a pop name that probably is all over the place. U two probably Beatles, Elton John. Yeah. Like I should have like got Imagine Imagine Dragons having less than Travis Scott is actually surprising. I feel like they're on the radio everywhere. That's actually twenty one pilot says twenty six point eight cone. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think of where they might be. 2. Yeah, I didn't want to guess him because I had no clue where he was going to be at, <laughs> at this point. And Chance is 9.7. That's the name I thought about. I thought about him around the time we did two chains, but I was like, he's got to have more than two chains at this point, I'd imagine. He uh, should, dang it. People hate the big day. <laughs> all right, boys. We did all right. What we got, uh, six, seven? You got six. You tied me because you didn't. You elected we, to try to get one more before you just like punted that, in the low that, spot. That's what I wanted. I wanted to get like the seventh one, and then we could go ahead and just punt it. But yeah, how, how hey, much? 
How much does Jamie Lynn Spears have? Can you check that for us? Uh, yeah, I I don't know what she sings besides the Zoe 101 theme song. <laughs> she has 31.6. Oh, that's thousand. Never mind. It's a K. That's a K, not an M. 31.6K. <laughs> so that would have been great. I thought you were going to say like 31.6 mil would have been I nuts. did too. I did too. And then I hey. went back down. I was like, oh, okay. Never mind. Zoe 101 well, theme song is a bop. I don't blame people. It is. It goes hard. I don't even know if that's on. She is in Sweet Magnolias, though. She's uh, a terrible actress, but she's in it. So yeah, she's pretty bad. Yeah, follow me has a uh, three million listens, which it's a banger. It deserves more. But yeah, <laughs> that is going to be it for the podcast. Before we get off here, I just do want to say that by the time you are listening to this, it will be two weeks until I am in a car headed to Oklahoma City. It will be two weeks until Cone is landing on a flight. It will be two weeks until Moles is embarking on to Oklahoma City for the Topic Thunder fan event, the second annual. A um, couple things. The link. Let me check the Twitter because Tyranny took it down um, to promote the new arena. Gosh, you selfish Oklahomans. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. The topic under um, rabies race for the cure. Second annual. All right. So he has, he has pinned the giveaway. So we have a giveaway pinned in there. Um, there's a list of things that you got to do to try to enter to win two, count them, two lower level tickets to the Orlando Magic game with all the post game festivities involved um, and absolutely free. All you have to do, retweet the tweet. Follow OKC Top Thunder on Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube, which is conveniently linked underneath the tweet. And find us on iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating positive review with your Twitter app. This is how we will get in contact with you. That is the most important part. If you were going to be signing up for this, do that. Um, yeah, like I said, five minutes of your day for all that crap for free. Like, it's 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 not even an even trade-off. Just do it. Um, otherwise, if you just want to buy your tickets outright, uh, you can... DM me specifically at Thunder Chats. I will send you the link to the tickets. I will say they are running out fast. I think we have like something like 25, 27 tickets left. So they're not going to last, but maybe another you, week or so. Like yeah, they're going to go. Yeah. I, I think after this giveaway, which will be announced this Friday, who the winner is, after this giveaway, a lot of people are kind of holding out to see if they win that. I think those are going to go. So if you want tickets, you need to get it done by Friday, I think. Um, and who are we playing? We're playing the Orlando Magic. Who? Where do they rank right now in the Eastern Conference, Cone? They are right now. I believe they've fallen to the four spot in the Eastern Conference. Yes, they're at the four spots. Dang, it doesn't sound as cool. It doesn't sound as cool to not say that we're the two seed in the West playing the two seed in the East. But if I'm being honest, by the time we play them, they might be six or seven. Come, we're supposed to hype this up. I mean, <clears throat> they might be up to two or one. <laughs> there we go. They got, bro. That's the energy I like. Hey, regardless of what it is, it's the first time Paolo and Chet, the top two picks in their draft class, have played in the NBA. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They're still a good team. So, and he gets to play against his buddy uh, Jalen Suggs. So that's true. You know, good Zaga teammates. That's fun too. That is true. Man, he's been he's been killing it this year too. So, or were they Gonzaga teammates? Did they play together? They weren't teammates. No, he yeah, was the reason he came to Gonzaga. They were AAU teammates. That's what it was. Okay. Also, real quick, I know earlier we talked about the Kings losing to the Blazers. They did lose to Portland. So, again, a little bit. Um, Shout out to Portland. Honorary Thunder Legend of the Night, Duop Reith. 25 points, nine boards (laughs) for the Blazers off the bench. We appreciate you, Duop. 
It's kind of crazy in retrospect. We didn't give him like we weren't the ones that gave him a two way after the connection that him and Giddy had in the uh, in the FIBA championships. But is what it is. But shout out to Apreet. Uh, but yeah, shout out you guys uh, for all the people that have bought a ticket so far. Like like I said, we've we sold at this point over 135 tickets, which is like 40 more than we did last year. And you know, there's still tickets to go. So. Uh, Y'all the real MVP. When, yes, yes. Uh, bringing it back to KD. Um, I set a goal uh, when we first launched the link for 150 tickets sold, and it looks like we're going to hit that. So shout out to you guys. Uh, don't miss out, man. Go get those tickets. Enter the giveaway. And do all things. Follow us. Uh, follow us on YouTube. We will be, like, you know, in big games or something like that. We'll be going live. We might even try to go live on YouTube for the live pod. I don't know how it's going to work logistically, but we might try to do it. And you get in a special uh, group chat on Twitter if you buy a ticket and you could prove your purchase. So that's yeah, sure. Dylan adds you to the group chat with the message he sends every time he adds someone to the group chat. Every single is, time. It'll be your first time seeing it, so it'll be cool for you. But for us, it'll be like, oh, Dylan adds someone else to the chat. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's wow. so excited every time they get added and everybody else is just like, Oh my yeah, God! Dylan, the said, oh, Dylan, said it. Dylan sent that I, godforsaken message again. <laughs> I get hype every time I see it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's dope. The chat's going strong. There's there's infinitely less people in the chat than have bought a ticket. So if you bought a ticket and you're not in the chat, DM me at Thunder Chat so I can put you in that chat. It's important you're in that chat. If I can say chat one more time, it's important you're in there because you will get um, information and instruction for this fan event, uh, including the meetup, where to meet up after the game, where to meet up before the game, what time we're meeting up, all the information that you need. Um, so put, yeah. it, put that message on a hat, and then you could wear it, and then you could be the chats in the hat in the chat. I mean, hey, I guess you could call it a thunder chat. Oh! Gosh. There we go. And there with go. that... <laughs> with that being said, hope everybody has a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. As always... Thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.